architecture and design history podcast presented by Megan Brown and Yilmar Burhan. We are two PhD researchers in the Department of Art and Architectural History at Trinity College Dublin, the University of Dublin. For today's episode, we thought we'd talk about history as a concept. Carr argued in the 1940s that history is a continuous process of interaction between the historian and facts, an unending dialogue between the present and the past. So let's talk about what history means to us today as historians. I think historic research needs a wider perspective. For me personally, I've been told that my research isn't history because it's the recent past. But I argue that time does not produce history, narratives, and paradigmatic shifts do. As some of the listeners here would know, I am a big fan of Bernard Rudofsky. He expands architectural history to include what he calls informal architecture. I don't fully agree with the limits of his expansion but it was revolutionary for its time, for sure. To paraphrase what he stated in his famous Architecture Without Architects in 1964, which I believe is still relevant for architectural history research today, the dismissal of architectural history could be explained in the early stages, though not excused, due to the lack of architectural monuments. The almost discriminative approach of the historian is mostly due to its narrow-mindedness. I'm a historian of the interior, which is an in-between subject caught between the methodologies of design and architectural history, but not fully prescribing to the canonical approaches that both present. My research is interdisciplinary, subcategory of a subcategory that is often disregarded or ignored as surface or superficial, simply the aesthetic. But I argue that the interior has a lot to give and that it is also very telling. So why are histories of the interior often ignored or overlooked? I mean, I understand where you're coming from very well, because very similar to what you're describing is what I do. We constantly need to redefine the extent of our disciplines to include our research. Very rarely playgrounds are even mentioned in architectural history research, because people don't consider it as architecture. If I start refuting this, the podcast would be a little bit longer than 10-ish minutes, so I'm going to slightly pass that topic and take it back to your point and the informal way of looking at architectural history research. We do look at the oversights and the neglected, and I know we both believe we have a feminist approach to history and theory because of our objects of study. Would you like to elaborate on that? Feminist theory, thank you so much for bringing this up. I think a lot of researchers assume that when you mention feminist theory or feminist approaches, you are speaking to particular subject matters or objects of study. I argue, and I think you do too, that feminist approaches mean something different to me. It means approaching subject matter and our specific areas of interest in a non-canonical, subverted way. So, that we aim to give prominence to the overlooked and dismissed materials that often get left behind. I totally agree. Honestly, I couldn't agree more. There is no point in commemorating the powerful and wealthy or monumental because it has been done before. There is very little to add to the history of the privileged or pedigreed 
where we have the resources to explore the non-canonical that feminist theory and, dare I say, in some cases, queer theory opened up as a discourse and methodology. The self-imposed limitation, as Verdovsky would call it, is unnecessary and absurd. There are many scholars that are considering this approach. A great example is Helen Carr and Susanna Liscombe's What is History Now?, which brings together current scholarly debate on this issue from a range of authors working across historical disciplines. What I think the next step is, though, is to consider formal education itself, beginning at a foundation level. We need to look to universities and at them to subvert their teaching practices, to reconsider the content of their modules, and to take into account the paradigmatic shifts that is happening within our own discipline right now. And as you said, it's not like it's a fully dystopian storyline. There are exceptions, like the Bartlett School of Architecture in England. In 1969, they included a module for their second-year students on how to build for the support structures of the city, which I would call the informal architecture of the city. These support structures included temporary housing, non-institutional services, housing rehabilitation, large and small-scale redevelopment projects, building near motorways, street markets, and adventure playgrounds, and many other informal subjects. The introduction of these in education widens the scope and understanding of the future architects and maybe future architectural historians, which I believe is what we need now. So I think what has run through our conversation today is the concept of responsibility as educators, as researchers and historians. Has this become a call to arms for historians? I think it may have. A call for responsibility when writing history, when considering research methodologies, call for an approach that is aware and acknowledges privilege and bias when producing history and any written work. Coming to an end of this episode, I'd like to remind you that you can follow us on our social media accounts for Instagram at Running Room Podcast, for Twitter at Room Running, or you can email us at runningroompodcast at gmail.com. We very much appreciate feedback and suggestions on which topics to cover, We're looking forward to seeing you all next month. We very much appreciate feedback and suggestions on which topics to cover. And we're very much looking forward to seeing you next month.